So all that being said, we preached this last Sunday, and then Tuesday, I got all up in my feelings. Anybody else get all up in your feelings this week? Anybody else? Man, you start preaching this stuff, and it's like, okay, let's test you. Let's see what you got, right? So, so Tuesday, my, my son and my daughter started preschool. I got a three-year-old who's almost four and a two-year-old. I think the picture's up there on the screen. That's Judah and Alexa. Um, so they started preschool Tuesday. Everything's great, right? Um, and then they get home Tuesday night. We're sitting there at dinner, and I'm asking Judah, how was your day? Man, how, how'd it go? Uh, and, and my son says, his head hurts. And then he says that this boy pushed him down on the stairs. Now... I love Jesus, I'm a pastor, but man, some anger started to rise up immediately. I start going through some things in my head that end up with local pastor punches four-year-old boy, right? That's the headlines. Uh, Like, I'm going to teach this kid a lesson, you ain't going to push my son, right? Like, Like, I started getting ghetto real quick. Some of the hoods started coming back out of me. It don't come out very often, but man, I, I got fired up. For my boy, like, no, I'm not going to let somebody push. First day? The first day? My kid ain't getting bullied, right? Like, like I got really hot really quick. And all of a sudden, I had an opportunity. Okay, what are you going to do with your feelings? Look, man, it, it is natural to get angry. It's natural for some things to upset us, and I think it's good for some things to upset us. I think if somebody's punking your kid and you don't get a little bit upset, there's something wrong there. Right? I think as a parent, we're supposed to be protective. We're supposed to step up and watch out for our kid. That's one of the roles that God's put in our lives. But the way that we do that can glorify God or it cannot glorify him. That's the opportunity. And trust me, my immediate thoughts were not glorifying to Jesus. Right? My immediate impulses were not, man, I'm going to go lead this kid to Jesus. My kid, I'm going to go introduce him to Jesus. Right? Um, <laughs> Just, just being real. So it's amazing how quickly some piece of, of partial information, my kid's three, he couldn't tell me the whole story. For all I know, he pushed this other kid first. He said something, maybe the kid didn't even mean to push him. He was falling. And, you know, I don't know what happened. But I get this little piece of partial information, and I decide this is what needs to happen with it. And I think all of us can identify with that, especially if you have kids. Uh, we, we've all had those feelings and those emotions. So if you got your Bible, go ahead and open to the book of James chapter 1. We're going to start with a very cliche, very common passage of Scripture when it comes to this idea of anger. By the way, we're talking about anger today, if you haven't put that together. Uh, we're going to see what God's Word has to say, because um, there's something very common here, but then there's also something here that I think we overlook. And so I want to make sure that, that we pick up that which we can easily overlook. James chapter 1, verse 19 it says very famously, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, everybody say everyone. Not just people of a certain personality type. Not just people who don't have idiot bosses. Or not just people who didn't marry the wrong person. Not just those of you who don't have children, right? Everyone. All brothers and sisters. In other words, if you're a Christian, this verse applies to you. If you've received the salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ, this is for you. No matter how old you are, doesn't matter what what your natural personality leans to, this is for you. He says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Everyone. Look at the person next to you. Say, that means you. 
Now look at the other person and say, okay, that means me too. Right? It's all of us. Famous passage, very good advice. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, all of these are are counter to our human nature. Some of them are going to be more counter to your nature than others, depending on your personality. For me, it's the first two-thirds of that verse that's the hardest. The, The quick to listen, slow to speak. I'm quick to speak, slow to listen. Right, that, that's my impulse. So that's the part that's hardest for me. Most of the time, anger is not my biggest challenge. Doesn't mean I never get angry, but, but this isn't something that I super wrestle with like some other things. Uh, but all of this verse applies no matter what's easy and whatever, what's not, right? So he says you need to be slow to become angry. Why? Why does God's word instruct us to be slow, to become angry. I could give you a whole lot of ideas, a whole lot of my opinion, but thankfully I don't have to do that because James, the brother of Jesus, answers the question for us in the very next verse. This one not nearly as well known. He says this. He says, why do we need to be slow to become angry? He says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. In other words, I need to be slow to become angry because if I let anger flare up quickly inside me, it's going to lead me to a place that isn't like Jesus. It's going to lead me to a place of unrighteousness. I need to learn to be slow to become angry because when I'm led by my anger, I'm not led by the Spirit. Right? What are the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Man, how many of these run counter to those of us who who let our temper get the best of us? The fruit of the Holy Spirit is peace. Anger is not peace. Fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. Anger is not joy. Fruit of the Holy Spirit is gentleness. Anger is not often gentle. Fruit of the Holy Spirit is kindness. Anger does not usually flesh out in kindness. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. In other words, the evidence that the Holy Spirit is in my life is that I am gaining, increasing my ability to control myself and decreasing my emotions' ability to control me. Gets real quiet when we talk about that because the reality is we got some work to do on this, don't we? Man, there's a gap between where we are and where God wants us to be. Now, the good news is he knew that, right? We didn't immediately make us like Jesus when we received salvation. He said, renew your mind like we talked about. There's going to be a process. It's okay to be in the process. We just got to be in the process. You know what I'm saying? We got to engage the process. We got to allow him to develop us, to discipline us, to make us more Like Jesus, because if I don't control my feelings, my feelings will control me. And the word of God says that does not produce the righteousness that God desires for me. So let's zoom in a bit off of that main point of our series to today's message, to today's emotion, today's feeling. And we'll put it this way. If I don't control my anger, my anger will control me. A lot of us. We're real honest, man. Our anger controls some aspects of our life. Maybe you grew up with a parent that anger controlled their life. And you still bear the scars of living with somebody. Maybe physical scars in your body. Maybe emotional scars in your soul. Man, the mark of living with somebody who had no clue how to control their anger. The reality is, this is one thing that if we don't get under control, we're going to do a lot of damage to people who are made in the image of God. If I don't let 
If I let anger control me, I'm going to do some damage to myself, but I'm really going to do a whole lot of damage to the people around me. Right? Because here's what happens. I get fired up. I get angry. I shoot off at the mouth. I get violent. Whatever it looks like when that anger comes off. And what happens? You get a release, right? It's off your chest. It's off your shoulders. You feel better. But now there's a wake. Now, now you've passed that anger on to somebody else. You've passed that pain on into someone else who Jesus died for, who God made in his image. We've just transferred the negative emotion. We haven't actually gotten rid of it. We've just put it on somebody else, and in many cases on many others who now have to bear the scars of our anger. A recent online poll asked the question, what are the things that make you angry? The answers aren't scientific, but I do think that they're interesting. Here's what it came up with. Here's the top 10 list of things that make you angry. Here's, let's see how many you can identify with. Number 10 was people who are morons. Show of hands, just kidding. Um, don't you love the honesty of the internet? The internet is a scary place, but it can say some funny things. People who are morons, I think all of us have been angry at someone who was a little moronic. Number nine, people talking to you while you're trying to work. Maybe you're like, man, I get angry when nobody talks to me and I have to work. Um, people talking to you while trying to get something done. Number eight, people that talk during movies. Guilty. Sorry. Uh, I got to give my opinion on what's going on. Not meant to be silent. Number seven, screaming children. None of us have ever been upset by that. Number six, nosy people. Melody just talked about this, right? Trying to see how much money you tip. All up in your business. Number five, I know some people in this room that struggle with this one. Bad drivers. <laughs> hands all over the room, two hands and a foot. Praise Jesus, right? Nothing worse than somebody driving slow in the fast lane. <laughs> Nothing will test my Christianity like that. Number slow, this is such a, number four, this is such a millennial answer. Slow loading screens. If my Netflix slows down, me and Jesus have a problem, right? Like, that's a really funny one. Uh, first world problems. Number three, liars and lies. I hate being lied to. Dishonesty will bring up some anger. Number two, people who take credit for your work. Number one, being blamed for something you didn't do. That one hurts, doesn't it? Man, these things will fire us up, and maybe your list would look a little bit different. Some, some of you probably got angry while we read that list. Like some triggers in there, like, oh, my gosh, bad drivers. I'm mad al already. Uh, maybe you got mad because the thing that makes you mad isn't on the list, and you're like, these idiots on the Internet. Number 10, morons. Makes me mad, right? Like, it's amazing how quickly some of these things can, can trigger us and cause us to get in our feelings. But here's the reality. Those 10 things may not make you angry, but I guarantee you there's 10 things that do. We each have a list of pet peeves. We each have a list of things that drive us nuts. One of mine is bad customer service. I don't understand it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, good customer service is supposed to be natural. It's supposed to be normal. And when customer service is terrible, I get, man, I'm going to Twitter. I'm calling people out. Like, I'm getting fired up. Like, I can't stand bad customer service. I can't believe that wasn't on the list. But, you know, we all got our thing. Christian counselors report 
that if people they sit down with and counsel, at least 50% of them have issues with controlling their anger. What that means is this isn't a non-believer's issue. This isn't a pre-Christ issue. This is a post-Christ issue. This is an issue that flares up even with us in the church. We aren't immune to this. So how do we do it? How do we get our anger under control? Now, there's two different approaches we can take to this question. And I don't even know the rest of the series. What we'll do is we process through other emotions. But with this one, I I chose approach B, maybe the least common approach. The, the, The first approach is let's talk about what do you do when you get mad, right? Like in the moment, you get fired up. How do you control that? And, and I started putting together with a message with exactly that. Here's some practical tips. Here's what the Word of God says. Don't let the sun go down in your anger, and your anger do not sin. All these things that we, that we probably already know, right? But I felt like God led me to take Route B. And instead of dealing with the symptom, let's go after the disease. Let's go after the root. So if, if you struggle with anger... You're not angry right now, hopefully. You're, 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 you're not mad right now, but you know, man, there's, there's, a, there's some scars in my life. There's some scars in my relationships. There's some people who I have hurt who I really care deeply about. There's some people who I have hurt who I don't care anything about, right? Like, there, there, there's, there's a mark that doesn't look like Jesus. I'm not slow to become angry, and I've allowed it to not produce in me the righteousness that God desires. If that's where you're at and you can look at your life and be honest, I want to give you some steps, some tips to go after the root. Man, to, to, to start to see a life change, a lifestyle change. These are not things that you're going to do these four things today and all of a sudden you're never going to get mad anymore. I'm not promising you that. I would be lying if I told you that. But I do believe we can be in the process and we can move from a place where anger gets the best of us to where over time, as we engage what God has for us, we begin to walk in the self-control, the fruit of the Holy Spirit that he's designed for us. So I want to give you some things that are going to help you to take those steps. Now, if you get caught up in the moment, uh, some of these things are going to apply uh, in the moment. But, but I really want to look at the big picture, the general lifestyle. So all that being said, I want to give you four things we can do to help get our anger under control. The first one, I think, is just this. Evaluate. What is making you angry? In other words, is, is this really this thing making me mad or is it something underneath it that's making me upset? Uh, confession time, uh, I've gotten sucked up into a trashy reality TV show, and I'm not proud to say this, but I watch Big Brother. Um, and, and I've really got into it, especially this season. And, and there's this girl on Big Brother who went home, uh, but, but she got really, really upset over the way that a couple people treated her. And then they have this little diary room where you go and you talk just to the camera and you tell the reality of what's going on. And it really didn't have anything to do with what these two guys had done. It had to do with the way that previous guys had mistreated her. And because men had done this to her, because they had overlooked her, because they had, had been so poor to her in the past, as soon as somebody did anything that kind of looked like that, that kind of hinted like that, she, she lost her mind. And I think that happens in a lot of situations. I think a lot of times we're not really mad at the person or the situation in front of us. It's really some unresolved junk from our life, from our childhood, from our past, that that thing just kind of brought up. And so the first thing I would ask is, why? What's making you so angry? 
Is it really that bad driver that makes you angry? Or, or is it the accident you saw somebody get in who took their life? And maybe you need to just go pursue some healing from that hurt. Maybe you really need to give that thing to God. Man, that abuse that you received, that mistreatment that you went through, that thing that, that your dad always did that, that hurts when it comes back up. Because I can give you every tip in the world to control your anger in the moment, but if it's really some deeply seated wound, that keep, it's going to keep on flaring back up. And I believe we serve a God who heals. I believe we serve a God who has borne in us our sickness, our disease. He's taken our shame. He's taken our guilt. And he's taken our pain to the cross. And I believe he wants you to be healed. I believe he wants you to be well. I think he wants you to be free of that thing that happened when you're a kid. I think he wants you to be free of that thing that happened in your first marriage, that you're hanging over your second spouse or, or whatever, that you're holding over them because, man, I got hurt so badly by this person. I think God wants to set you free. And so start to ask yourself, why am I really so upset about this? Man, it, maybe it's a whole lot simpler than that. Maybe you just always get upset because you're running late. Right? And you're just, you're not in control that this is me. Why, why am I always so upset when somebody's driving slow? Because I have to drive fast because I'm late. Right? And, and, and so it's not really that person that I'm upset with as it is myself for not being on top of my schedule. Maybe, maybe something just very practical and very simple like that. But why does this thing bother you so much? Sometimes the answer is going to be, man, it bothers me so much because the thing that's happening is wrong. There is such a thing as righteous anger. Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. And so I'm not saying every time you get angry, you're, a, you're in the wrong, but you need to evaluate. Okay, take a step back. Breathe a little bit. My, my, my son, my three-year-old, last night, my, my daughter was in her room. We just moved her out of a crib into a, what we call the big girl bed. She can get out of her bed herself. Uh, so I have had no sleep this week. Um, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. But... So, so Alexa had gotten out of bed, and she's crying because she can get out of bed, but she can't open the door yet. So she's just standing at her door crying and, and making a scene and, and being very upset and very angry. And so I, I went in her room, and, and my three-year-old, my son, followed me in there, and he goes, Lexi, take a deep breath. <laughs> and my poor girl's bawling her eyes out, and Daddy is dying laughing. Right? <laughs> no sympathy, no compassion in the moment. I was just so funny that my three-year-old, obviously we've told him this. Obviously we, we, we've, given, we've done this to him. Uh, so Judah is now a Christian counselor. He'll help you with your anger issues. Um, sometimes maybe it's just that simple. Sometimes we just got to take a deep breath. Okay, it's not the end of the world. It's going to be okay. But I think we need to, to dig into what is the reason behind it. Sometimes maybe we can't even do that by ourselves. Maybe you need somebody to bounce some stuff off of. Maybe you need somebody to process through some things. Maybe you need a Christian counselor, man. If you look at your life and you realize, hey, th th this area is really out of whack, man, I, I encourage you, get some help. Uh, we're not designed to do it by ourselves. You're not supposed to have to do it by yourself. Process through it. Uh, get somebody. But find out what is really making you angry. Second thing I would say is, Pray for strength to control your anger. Same book, the same letter, James chapter 4, he says this. He says, we have not because we ask not. 
We have not because we ask not. Maybe it's as simple as saying, okay, God, I'm going to start leaning on you for some strength. You see, we, we've talked about this before, but I think it's worth bringing up again. A lot of times we have this statement in society that, that God won't put anything on you that you can't handle, and I think that's junk. Uh, I think God will put a lot of stuff on you that you can't handle. He won't put anything on you that he can't handle. And so if you're going through some stuff, and, man, I can't handle my anger. I can't, when, when this person talks to me this way, when this coworker does this and makes this little snide remark, man, I can't control it. Well, I believe that Jesus can. Ask him for help. I'm not just talking about in the moment, although in the moment is important. I'm talking about, man, in the morning before the situation comes. I'm talking about before you go home for Thanksgiving and have to be with that in-law, right? Like, like, like start praying that ahead of time. God, help me to control my anger. Because I believe that God doesn't ask us to do anything. He doesn't make available the empowering for us to do. So if he wants us to control our anger, I believe it's possible for you to control your anger. I don't care if you, you've had temper issues for 60 years. And you're like, man, I, I, I'm on my deathbed. It's over. Uh, he's going to fix it in eternity. I think you can still get control of it now. Through the strength of the Holy Spirit. But we have not... Because we ask not. Now, here's the reality. Sometimes that asking isn't just a request. Sometimes it's going to have to come in the form of repentance. God, I've missed it. I've allowed this thing to do some damage. I've allowed some people to be hurt by my tongue, by my inability to control this. So, Father, forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me for the way I've let my anger get the best of me. Forgive me for the way I lost my temper on my spouse, on my kid, on my boss, whatever it is. Man, God, forgive me. And now once you've asked that, now, God, I want to be better. Make me more like Jesus. Give me your strength. Help me to get this under control. So pray for strength to control your anger. Pretty obvious, pretty simple, but a lot of times the trick is not having some new answer or having some new trick that's actually just walking out what we already know, right? So if you're not praying for strength, start that. Number three is pretty obvious too, but it still needs to be said. Stand on Scripture. We just read through the book of Ephesians. We said that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. That's our weapon. Man, if, if you're in a battle against anger, you better be ready to take up your sword. You better be ready to pull this thing out and, and, and go to war because we all know there's so many lives that have been destroyed by this. People who've lost marriages, who've lost relationship with their kids, man, who, who've lost jobs. Man, there's so many people who their life is worse because they've never learned to control their anger. Don't be one of them. Don't be a statistic. Man, he's made it possible for you to be in control. So stand on the word. Get the word out. The, the book of Proverbs is a great place to start if you've got problems with anger. Proverbs and James, man, those are the two places I'd recommend that you go. Old Testament, New Testament. I'm, I'm going to read you five verses from Proverbs that deal with this, and there's a whole lot more of them. I didn't give you the whole list, but here's five of them. Actually, you know what? There's six. I can't count. Uh, don't be mad at me. So, three people laughed. You're really nice. Thank you. Gracious of you. Proverbs 12, 16 says, A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. I'm really bad at wearing my emotions on my sleeve, and so uh, if I'm annoyed, you probably know. Uh, I, I, I may not jump, I may not cuss you out, I may not call you out, I may not go off on you, but you're going to see it on my face. I can't fix my face sometimes. Um, 
And, and so Proverbs says that a fool displays their annoyance at once. Nobody in here is like, man, sign me up for the fool list, God. That's who I want to be. Right? Nobody wants to be that. I don't want to be a fool. I want to be somebody who's got some control. I want to be somebody who, who, who is the person after the but. He says, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. Some of us, we got some insecurity issues going back to number one. And the reason we get so mad isn't really what that person says about us. It's the way we feel about us. And so as soon as we get that insult, we, we push back. We freak out. We go off on them because the reality is we don't like something in us. So the word of God says the wise, the wise, the prudent man will overlook an insult. I think that's a really good test of, of where your ability to control your anger is. Can somebody insult you and you'll be okay with it? Why? Because I don't need your approval. I'm not living for your approval. Your, your opinion, I'm not going to stand before you for eternity. I don't need you to approve of me. I don't need you to like me. And so when you, when you can get to that place, to that freedom, where, man, somebody can say something about you. Now, I'm not saying that we all need to be victims. I'm not saying that you get run over and, man, that there's not a time to stand up for yourself. But, man, we should be able to take an insult and, and keep on loving Jesus and keep on bringing glory to Jesus and, and push through. 14 verse 16 says this, says a wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil, but a fool is hot-headed and reckless. Are you hot-headed? Man, do you turn bright red when that thing happens? Like literally, do you get hot? Uh, does, that, does that fire come out in your conversation? If, if you are, if that's you, man, this is a safe place. We have grace. You're free to struggle here, but let's do better. Let's, let's move out of the fool category and into the wise category. Let's chase that. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. This, one, this is where it gets tough for me. I don't usually get real angry except in self-defense. <laughs> but when somebody comes at me with something, now I'm going to go off. I've got like this list of all the things that you've done wrong, and I'm good with it, but I'm going to pull it out when you come at me. Uh, and that's not good. That's, 1 Corinthians 13 says love keeps no record of wrongs. So I'm in the wrong for that, right? Um, this, this is where I've got to have the challenge. This is a soft answer turns away wrath. Man, when, when somebody starts to say that thing that, that digs at you, you can, you, you, basically you can do this. And I had a pastor, he used to teach this, I think it's so wise. He said, we all carry around two buckets. We carry around a bucket of water, and we carry around a bucket of oil. And when we come into a situation and there's a fire, man, that other person says something and the situation starts to get hot, I can take out the bucket of oil and I can flare that thing up and burn everything down. Or I can take out the bucket of water. And I can put that fire out before it ever becomes an issue. A soft answer turns away wrath. A soft answer. The water turns away wrath, but a harsh word can stir up that anger. A lot of times we, we, we think we're justified to say something back when somebody says something to us, don't we? Well, you made me mad. You said this. No, that other person didn't make you mad. You, you, you let your anger flare up. Proverbs 16.32 Better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. What a statement. This is, this is King Solomon, right? man who's over this great empire, the, the largest that the nation of Israel ever was, was under Solomon's reign. And he said, you know what? I'd rather have somebody who has control of his anger than another warrior to go take another city. 
It's more valuable to my kingdom to have somebody who can do this, who can be patient, who can control his temper. I think the reason why he said it's better is because I think he's saying it's harder to find. I think he's saying I can find a whole lot of dudes who will storm a city with a sword. But finding somebody who knows how to control his temper is much more challenging. Proverbs 20, says this. He says, do not say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord, and he will deliver you. How many of us get caught up in pursuing vengeance? Man, so-and-so, they, did, they, man, they, they ruined my reputation at work. They, they spread lies about me. Man, they, 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 they dishonored me in such a way. They didn't do this for me. They, they, they hurt me in this way, and so now I'm coming for you. It's on. You came after me. You came after my family, right? That was, that's how I felt to this four-year-old kid, right? Like, come after my boy. Let's go. Show you who's boss, four-year-old. Um, it's that immediate response of vengeance, of revenge. The Bible says, do not say, I will pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord, and he will deliver you. How many of you know that God's vengeance is way better than ours ever could be? That God's deliverance is far better than anything we can bring to ourselves. Last proverb for you under point three is Proverbs 29.11. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. How often do we justify, I just needed to vent? I have. I mean, I just had to let that go. I just had to get that off my chest. The word of God says a fool gives full vent to his anger. But a wise man, a wise man, a wise man keeps himself under control. If we're honest, there's probably a lot of fools in the kingdom of God, isn't there? <laughs> and that's okay. I love that. I love that God loves us, that he saves us, even in our foolishness, even in our stupidity, even, even when we can't get this stuff under control. But I don't think he wants to leave us at that place. He wants to take us somewhere better. So, man, get some scripture. Man, you might need to, to write it on a three-by-five card and, and put it on your dash on your car. If it's road rage that's your problem, start just speaking that stuff out. Man, just confessing that. A fool gives full vent to his anger. Fool gives full vent to his anger, right? Like, like start building up your spirit. Uh, start quoting some scripture. Start speaking that over yourself. Start claiming, God, I'm going to be the wise man. With your strength, with your ability, I'm going to walk in your wisdom. Last thing I would tell you this. If you want to learn to control your anger, not just in the moment, but for a lifetime, for a lifestyle. Number four, pursue deeper intimacy with Jesus. This might sound pretty cliche too, but I think it's so true. You know what one of the titles of Jesus is? He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. What does that mean? That means that the, that's the old bumper sticker say, right? Like, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Like, K-N-O-W, right? Like, if I know him, I have peace. If, if I don't have him, I don't have peace. I think most of us in this room have Jesus. But we may not have intimacy with him. We may not be close to him. We, we, we may not have received the best that he has for us. And I think if you get to know the Prince of Peace, you're going to start to be able to walk in some peace. I believe that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, those nine things we listed, the kindness, the gentleness, the self-control, the love, the joy, the peace, all these things, I think all they are is God's Holy Spirit making us more like Jesus. It's the evidence that, that he's at work in our lives. 
And so if you struggle with this, man, if you were to say, man, if you talk to my spouse or my roommate or my coworker, that they would say, yes, I'm a, problem, I'm a person who has a problem with their anger, man, lean into intimacy with Jesus. Get to know him. I'm not saying that's all it's going to take. I'm not saying that, man, that anybody who has an anger problem just doesn't have any intimacy with Jesus. There, there's some other practical things we need to do. But I believe the more that you know him, the more you'll be like him. The more you'll reflect him. The more you'll, you'll, you'll take on his personality. What did we say last week, number six, that if, if we're going to control our emotions, Jesus is the perfect example for us to follow. And he is. We can look to his example, but not only do we get to look to his example, he's actually alive within us. Let's get to know him better. The more I know him, the more that his spirit comes alive inside of me. Guys, I know a lot of this may seem like real common sense stuff, but are we doing it? Are, 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 are we walking in it? Are we empowering it in our lives? I believe God wants you to be free from the destruction of a hot head. He wants your family to be free from the destruction of your hot head. He wants your kids to be protected. He wants your spouse to be protected. He wants your job to be protected. Most importantly, he wants you to bring him glory wherever you go and whatever you do. And if you're losing control, we're not bringing him glory, right? If I don't control my anger, my anger will control me. But I can't control my anger. Amen? Let's, let's try that again. If I can't control my anger, my anger will control me. But I can control my anger. Amen? Ooh, beautiful. Beautiful. You guys sound great. You got to believe that. You got to believe it. I know you may say, man, I've had a problem with this for 40 years. Your past does not have to predict your future. I believe with all my heart that just because you've got a habit of this, just because you've gotten to this place, that doesn't mean you can't be free. Now, just because you've been doing it for 40 years doesn't mean we're going to pray a prayer in just a minute. And all of a sudden, no more anger. I got it all under control now. Pastor Troy paid for me. That's not how it works, right? Sorry about your luck. I wish it was that easy. You're going to have to engage the process. You're going to have to go to work. You're going to have to go to war. You're going to have to take up your sword and say, okay, this is a fight, and I'm ready to fight, but it's worth it. Peace in my home is worth it. Being like Jesus is worth it. Stop bringing destruction into my life is worth it. So I'm going to go to battle. I'm going to evaluate why I feel this way. Why does this stuff make me so mad in the first place? I'm going to ask God for his strength, for his help. I'm going to stand on the promise of the word of God, the truth of the word of God. And I'm going to pursue deeper intimacy with the, the Prince of Peace. Because he's got all the self-control I'll ever need. And I can tap into that through his spirit. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for modeling for us peace. For modeling for us what it means to have this under control. And so God, right now we ask through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would make us into your image. You've already created us in your image, God, but we're fallen, we're broken people, and you've already started the restoration process with salvation. So God, now we ask that just as our spirit has been remade, help us to remake our soul. Help us to remake our emotions, God. Help us to get anger under control. Lord, I pray for a father in this room right now 
who has created enmity between him and his kids because he just can't control his anger and he just goes off. Lord, I pray peace over that man, over that situation. Lord, Lord, I pray for a marriage in this room where they just go at each other all the time, where they just go back and forth. Maybe that's all they saw as kids. Maybe that's the kind of home they grew up in and they just think it's normal, God, but I thank you that it's not normal that you have the ability to bring them out of that into something better, Lord. We speak freedom for those people in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I pray for an individual in this room right now who's, whose anger is just ruining their relationships, God, who's, who's getting them into all kinds of trouble. Maybe, maybe it's violence. Maybe it's, it's causing them to harm themselves. God, I don't know what it looks like, but you do, Lord. We pray for that person right now in Jesus' name. We speak the Prince of Peace. The peace that passes all understanding over them, God. We thank you that just because they've had an issue with this doesn't mean they have to continue to have it. God, I lift up every parent in this room. I know all of us have the opportunity to get angry. Every spouse in this room, everybody who lives with somebody in this room, Lord, who's got a roommate. God, we pray for every one of us, Lord, that we would glorify you, that we would get this under control, Lord. We rebuke the spirit of foolishness that would cause us to give full vent to our anger, that would, that would cause us to be hot-headed and reckless. Lord, we rebuke that in Jesus' name, and we thank you. You've called us to something better, and you've empowered us through your Holy Spirit to access that. So right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I have two questions for you today. First question is, is connected to what we just talked about. With nobody looking around, please respect what the Holy Spirit wants to do. If you're here today and, and this message was for you, Anger's kicking your butt in some aspect of your life, your relationship, your marriage. Maybe it's just smoldering under the surface and nobody else even knows, but it's eating you up. You want to be free from that. The Bible says that one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. I want to agree with you in prayer that God's going to release that thing off of you and you're going to begin to engage this process of being free from anger. Nobody looking around. Would you lift up your hand if that's you? Anybody else? Anger's kicking my butt. So much honesty in this room. Thank you. Thank you. Keep them up. Father God, you see these hands. You see these who've got this courage to say, I've got an issue in this area. I've got a problem in this area. God, you know what it looks like. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know where their challenge comes in. I don't know if it's when they're by themselves or when they're with a specific person or if it's just every day in every situation. But God, I thank you that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Father God, that, that, that the word says that that the Holy Spirit has the fruit of peace in our lives, God. So the, the fruit of self-control in our lives, the fruit of gentleness in our lives, the fruit of kindness in our lives. So God, I pray that you would go into places right now that are not peaceful, that you would go into individuals right now who are not walking in self-control, that you would go into hearts that are not walking in gentleness, God, and you would begin to conform them more into your image. Holy Spirit, inside of them, I pray that you would accelerate the process. God, that you would kick it up a notch, that they would be so aware when they're walking in, in the flesh, when, the, when they're walking in anger and giving vent to it, God, that, that you would just make them aware of it so they can begin to deal with it. Lord, I pray for wisdom that they can dig into why they really get so upset. What is that root issue, Father God? Let's go after the root. Let's get it fixed. Lord, I speak healing over wounds that have existed for decades. Uh, uh, over people who have been damaged and so broken by the way they were mistreated by others they don't know anything to do but to hurt somebody else 
God, we speak healing over those situations in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, for the end of abuse. We thank you for the end of, uh, 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 of destroying our testimony because we can't get this under control. God, we thank you for the end of, of hurting others, of destroying the people who love us with our words. God, we thank you for ending those things in Jesus' name. Help them to engage the process, Father God, to walk this out in Jesus' name.